Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 1, Paul tells us that if we are not willing to retain the knowledge of God, he will give us over to a depraved mind. Inasmuch, we will only walk in deeper and darker sin that can lead us only to an eternity in hell separated from our Heavenly Father. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 1 and learn how we can retain the knowledge of God, even as sinners. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is a Tuesday afternoon here in Texas and hopefully y'all loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus. I'm here with Stephen in the in the studio. Actually, I'm in the studio. Stephen is is outside the studio. He's on the other side of the closed door. He's got a a big table out there. He's actually got two sophisticated laptop computers out there. He's got a headset on. I don't even know what he does, but I appreciate it. And so, uh, we're here to finish Romans 1 today. Um, golly, it's just been a good study, and uh, we're going to do verses 26 to 32 today. Hard verses. I've been studying these for for a while. Um, they're difficult verses. They speak about uh, about homosexuality, and it's a, it's a difficult topic. It's not something that I, I desire by any means to discuss, but here it is in the Word of God. When you teach the Scripture verse by verse by verse by verse, I have an obligation just to teach what's in each verse. So I'm going to teach these verses. I'm going to uh, relay what I believe the Lord is saying. And uh, and I believe it'll be faithful to the scripture. So, Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness, your favor, your grace in our lives. Father, we thank you for this word of God. We thank you for this incredible, incredible book of Romans, Father. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy in entering this world on our behalf and living a perfect righteous life on our behalf that we can never live and dying a torturous death on our behalf and in our place that we should have died. And We thank you that you're alive and risen and we worship you today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. Give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so in this uh, second half of Romans 1, from verses 18 to 25, uh, the Apostle Paul is building a case that every human being is utterly sinful. And the sin is progressive, okay? It gets worse and worse and worse and worse, okay? And here in verse 26, he's going to move into, uh, he's already referenced sexual sin, and now he's going to reference, you know, sexual sin, homosexual sin. So in verse uh, 26, he says, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, verse 28, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, 
insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Wow, have mercy, Lord Jesus. So you see this progression of sin, okay? Paul begins this in verse 18 by saying, the wrath of God is revealed against godlessness and wickedness of those who suppress the truth. As we suppress the truth of the word of God more and more, as we push down the truth of the word of God, more and more will we live in a lifestyle of sin, okay? And the more we do that, the more sinful we'll be. So he moves from suppressing the truth. He talks about that they set up idols. Then he moves in verse 24, um, that he gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, to the degrading of their bodies with one another. It says they exchanged the truth for a lie in verse 25. Now in verse 26, because they exchanged the truth for a lie, you'll see because of this, verse 26, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. Verse 27, in the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with, with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. So the first thing to, to look at in this, okay, and again, we're in Romans 1, 26 and 27, is that homosexuality is sexual sin. Now, it's not worse than other sexual sin. It's not worse than adultery. Uh, it's not worse than fornication. Fornication is when you're having sexual relations, uh, you know, and you're not married. So when a man and woman are having sexual relations together and they're not married, it's sinful. It's not the will of God. And it's called fornication. Obviously, adultery is when a married man or a married woman is, is having sexual relations with someone that's not their spouse. And that's adultery. Now, here we move into homosexual sin. And again, this is not worse than the other sins. As a matter of fact, he's going to move down in verse 28 to say furthermore. And he's going to go into the deeper, darker sins of the soul. He's going to go into just malice and hate, um, which are darker sins and deeper sins and soulish sins. Now, again, homosexuality is sinful. And this is what I'm going to say about that. The first thing I'm going to say is that never personally have I struggled. I don't know what it's like to struggle with, with homosexual sin. I've never been tempted personally to to desire an, another man so in a certain way i certainly cannot in any way speak to what that temptation is like what that desire is like certainly i've been tempted to sexual sin with women um and i can speak to to what that's like in that that i have to you know restrain myself from that by the grace of god as you get older it seems to get less and less um, but I can recognize it in as much that, you know, when, when, when I've had a desire, you know, before I was married and even when I was married, you know, I've been tempted 
to sexual sin with women, but never I've, have I been tempted to uh, sexual sin with men or desired men. So the first thing I'll humbly say is, is I don't know what it's like. So I'm not pretending to know what it's like to have to, to refrain from that. But what I will say is that homosexuality, biblically speaking, it is sinful. You heard me read the, the verses. Verse 26, Romans 1, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. So the first thing to see is that homosexuality, it's sinful. It's not worse sin, but it is an unnatural sin. Okay. The scripture says in verse 27, in the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. So as how the Lord has made it is that natural relations are that a man and a woman would come together in sexual intimacy and they would do that in marriage. That's, that is how God has set up sexual relations and that's how we ought to pursue it. So you know, in my uh, in my ministry over the last 25 years, you know, I have spoken to, uh, you know, I have spoken, um, you know, somewhat consistently to people who have struggled with homosexuality, who have come out of homosexuality and who remain in homosexuality. A common theme is that they have said to me that, you know, it's something they that, that they've struggled with uh, their entire life. They've shared with me that that, you know, that they have been uh, desirous of the same sex, whether it's women with women or men with men, since they can remember from their earliest memories, they were attracted to the same sex. And so uh, the difficulty of that, I, I cannot imagine. Okay. Now it doesn't change the fact that it's, it's sinful, but what I'm, what I'm trying to acknowledge is that I'm not pretending to know the difficulty or how hard it would be to be attracted to the same sex and yet have the Bible tell me that no, it is not the will of God that you indulge in that. And that's clearly what the scripture is teaching here. Um, you know, what I would say is, I, again, I can't imagine how difficult it is, but yes, the Bible does expect us in whatever way that, that we're tempted to sin, to repent of it where we've fallen in it, and to restrain ourselves from it. For example, uh, again, many have told me that from the time they were young, they have, uh, you know, they have desired, you know, uh, you know, young boys were saying they were attracted to boys and girls were attracted to girls. Um, and again, I believe them. But in the same way that that we are, you know, we're tempted to other sins. Let's say when we're, you know, when we're young, a young boy is, you know, he's just you know, he has a certain proclivity to violence. Well, certainly, you know, we're going to train the boy and we're going to, you know, we're going to expect him to refrain from that. And he has to learn to refrain from that. Uh, in the same way, let's say someone is tempted to lying. We need to refrain from that. Someone is tempted to, to stealing. We need to refrain from that. Uh, people are tempted to being vulgar, you know, with their words. And we need to, to, to refrain from that. And in sexual impurity, is the same, you know? So, you know, everyone is is tempted or has a, a disposition that allows them to be tempted to different things. And the Lord does expect us to, to refrain from those things. Now, I'll say again, it does seem hard to me. And I don't understand. I understand it's a it's a condition of sin in the world. And and I, you know, 
and again, I tremendously sympathize with, you know, with someone who, who very much desires relationship, women with women and men with men. But the scripture is clear that it's not the will of God. It's a, it's a burden he's given you. It's a cross he's given you. And yes, he does expect you to refrain from those relations. He expects you to repent and, you know, he expects you to not engage in that sin. Similarly, you know, if you're not married today and you're a man and you're having sex with women, it's sinful. You need to repent and, you know, live a life where you're not in having sex until you get married. This is what the scripture teaches. It's important we understand that homosexual sin is sexual sin. Again, and it's, it's, it's no worse, no better than heterosexual sin. Okay. Um, it's, uh, again, it's a difficult topic. Okay. Um, in verse 27, Paul says in the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. So what does he mean here? Well, all sexual sin, okay, obviously including homosexual sin, um, you know, fornication, having sex before we're married. When, when people are active um, in sex outside of marriage, let alone when we have multiple sexual partners, um, you know, there are, there are all kinds of, of negative consequences that comes from that. You make a soul tie, okay, which is a, you know, which is, again, is a spiritual connection, which is a, you know, which is a very difficult thing to deal with. Obviously, so, again, there are, there, are, there are consequences in our soul, and obviously there are negative physical consequences. Um, you know, people who have many sexual partners, whether it be homosexual or heterosexual, you know, oftentimes, you know, are, are, are far more likely to catch disease and sickness that, you know, that comes from an unbiblical lifestyle. Um, we know there are, you know, all kinds of sexually transmitted diseases, um, you know, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual sins um, that can come and cause, you know, terrible physical sickness, disease, even death. Um, and so when Paul says men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion, again, the penalty for sexual sin um, is obviously in, in, in physical consequences, physical sickness, physical disease. Um, but also there are, there are consequences in our soul. Um, and so again, this is a very difficult, uh, you know, very difficult set of scriptures. But again, here it is in this chapter of Romans 1. So I would say again, if you're someone who's struggling with these sins in verse 26, 27 of Romans 1, number one, they're not worse. They're, 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 they're not natural, right? Um, but the sin is not worse. God is not more angry with you because you're in homosexual sin than if you're in heterosexual sin. Um, and it's, they're not the worst of sins. We're going to go on here. And this is, you know, and this is very interesting to me. Um, and there's a certain, there's a certain irony in it. Um, Paul's going to say in verse 28, furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do 
what ought not to be done. So now we're going to get into, again, it's been progressive, okay? Um, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. He gave them over to a depraved mind. Verse 29, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness. Now, he's not speaking about people in homosexual sin here. He's talking about all people who continue to walk further and further and further away from the light. They have no interest in God whatsoever. They have no grief over their sin. They're living in just complete, unrestrained, just sinful immorality in every way, not just sexual sin. But now Paul's just going to lay down the gamut. And again, what he's doing here is showing that every human being in the world, all 8 billion people in the world are sinful. Everyone is utterly sinful. They're separated from God. They're spiritually dead, headed to hell. And only in Jesus Christ can we receive forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, deliverance from eternal hell, and to go to heaven when we die. But look what he says. He says in verse 28, furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Wherever you are today, okay? So again, if you're in sexual sin today, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual sin, come to the word of God, okay? The first thing is I would say is don't deny it, okay? Every single one of us is sinful. Don't pretend that it's not sin. Don't pretend that it's okay. I remember talking to a young man and he he, he was alarmed. He thought it was crazy that, that, that God didn't want him to look at pornography. It bothered him that that was sin. He, he didn't see why that would be sin. Okay. So taking time to explain to him what Jesus said, that if, if, you know, even if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her. Um, and again, that was very hard for him to understand, but we don't want to deny before the Lord, whatever sin we're in, it would be infinitely better. I mean, infinitely better. And it is infinitely better that whatever sin we're in today to simply acknowledge to the Lord, Father, I do, I do understand that your word says that this lifestyle is sin. I do understand it's wrong for me to be sleeping with my girlfriend outside of marriage. Father, I, it's wrong for me to be in a, in a homosexual relationship. Come into agreement with the word of God. Retain the knowledge of God in the word of God. That's that is by far the most important thing. If you will do this, okay, there's hope for you to grow in Christ and walk with Christ. And yes, for him to give you the strength to walk out of whatever different aspects of sexual sin or any other type of sin that we're in. The biggest issue for people, and this is Christians and non-Christians, when it comes to these behaviors is we want to rationalize them as if they're not true. I'd have to take a vacation day to tell you the areas of my life that are sinful and that I still fall in sin, whether it be impatience, whether it be selfishness, uh, different areas where I'm just self-serving, um, you know, where I'm irritable, um, you know, I can be critical. Forgive me, Lord, golly, have mercy, Lord Jesus. But look at 28, furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind. 
And so whatever sin you're in today, stay in the word of God, stay in the Bible. And even if you're continuing to fall in it, again, that's not the will of God. The will of God is that we repent of any sin that we're in. Ultimately, we do not go to hell because of any sin in our life. We go to hell because we haven't received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, okay? There is literally no sin in the history of the world at any level that will keep us out of heaven, keep us from, from being washed in the blood of Christ, keep us from receiving Christ. So wherever we are today, regardless of the level of sin, the depth of sin, the amount of sin in our lives, the the you know what we need to do, the solution is the same. We need to give our lives to Jesus Christ. We need to humble ourselves before him. We need to acknowledge whatever lifestyle of sin that we're in. We need to repent of it. We need to receive him as our savior if we haven't. And if we have received him as our savior, we need to continue to ask him to help us to walk out whatever sinful lifestyle we're in. But we want to continue to retain the knowledge of God. Because if we don't do that, it says he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. And that's not something anyone wants. You know, basically the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will you know, we can be in, in, in sin. We can be in sexual sin. We can be in homosexuality. But if we will labor to retain the knowledge of God, there is hope for his mercy. And again, I want to say again, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not a struggle I've had. I've had other struggles. It seems to me that this struggle is harder. Again, if you're in a place where you're struggling with sexual sin or homosexuality, the Lord is aware of it. Jesus is aware of it. It's a burden or a cross he's allowed you to carry. And yes, he does expect you to, to refrain from it, just like he expects me to refrain from the sin in my life, which is, which again, is no worse. Okay. Um, again, the consequences, you know, can often be worse. The consequences of, of living in sexual sin the physical consequences of sickness and disease and the, and the consequences of our of our soul, you know, they, they can be worse. But at the foot of the cross, all of us are sinful. We all need a savior. OK, obviously, gossip is wrong. Gossip is sin. But someone who's living in sexual sin and having multiple partners is generally going to have a worse consequence than someone who gossips. Someone who gossips is no better. It's just that the consequences of certain sin are obviously greater than that of others. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Look at verse 29. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness. So again, this is people now, this is not people who are just simply in sexual sin. This is people who just don't care anything about Jesus anything about the word of God, the son of God, the heart of God in any way, ultimately he will give them over. And now he's going to get into the deepest and darkest sins, sins that are deeper and even worse and just, and just and more vile than even sexual sin. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit and malice. They are gossips. Malice is when you want harm 
to come from someone. Look at this. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. I have known people who live in sexual sin. I do know them. Okay. I've known people who lived in, in homosexual sin. I do know them. And although they are living in this sinful lifestyle, the Bible is clear that they need to repent. It is sinful. It's not the will of God for their life. But they're, they're not as dark as people who aren't living in sexual sin and who are living in such evil, greed, depravity. The, the, again, the, the irony, as I said before of this, is that there are people who are living in sexual sin. It's not the will of God. And, and it is causing the discipline of our Heavenly Father to be on our lives. But yet, what's remarkable is I've often found that, that they can have more compassion. They can have more love. They can have more forgiveness. They're more generous. They're not as greedy than people, you know, who, are, who claim to be Christians and aren't living in any sexual sin at all. Now, again, it's not a license for us to continue in sexual sin, but... If you'll continue to retain the knowledge of God, if you'll continue to go before him, he knows the struggle and Jesus will help you. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Again, there are people living in sexual sin that, that, that their soul has not gotten this dark yet. But again, the more we persist in any sin, the more we have capacity to go darker and darker and darker. What is malice? Malice is when you want harm and bad and evil to come to someone. They are gossips, verse 30, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. What does that mean? They invent ways of doing evil. I was talking to my brother Jesse about this. It's like, it's like they find creative ways to, to practice all of these things, okay? It, it, it's remarkable. The more we turn ourselves away, the more we're unwilling to repent, the more that we, we move away from retaining the knowledge of God, the more that we'll make up excuses for sin and just instead of just simply saying, yes, I am a sinner, I am living in sin, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. The more we're unwilling to do that, the more that we, we, we really will move and have the potential to move into these darkest sins of the soul where we have no compassion, no mercy, no love. We have contempt. We're indifferent. We can get to this point where we're indifferent. We don't care whether someone lives or dies. And we actually feel justified in that. It's horrible. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Verse 31, they are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Look at that. Again, now again, these are people that, that you know, they may not even be in sexual sin at all, but they've moved into this darkest, darkest place, and the Lord has given them over to it. Have mercy, Jesus. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Verse 32, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, 
They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. And that's, 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 there's the ultimate end of it. We get to a point where we're so completely indifferent. We're so against the things of God. We're so against Jesus that, that not only do we live in this life, right? But it says they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. You know, you can get to a point where you're encouraging others. You actually want others to live in this horrible way. Father, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Again, what Paul has done in this chapter from verses 18 to 32 is he has shown how every single one of us really do live in these sins. You may be listening to this and thinking you don't do that. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. How often have we gossiped? How often gossip? How often have we spoken poorly about someone outside of their presence? How often have we been insolent or arrogant or boastful? Okay. Um, you know, every single one of us, how often have we walked in envy? Okay. How often have we had, had been, you know, wanted more and more and more money? Paul is here in, uh, led by the spirit of God in just an incredible, right? Just, just powerful manner proving that every single one of us are sinful. And now as we move into chapter two, next time, you know, you know, he's going to deal with the person that, that thinks, well, you know, I'm not so bad. I don't live in all of those sins. I don't really do those things. I don't live in sexual sin. And, and in chapter two, he's going to show how, you know, and this is most people, not only in the world today, but in the church today, how, yes, you really are too. He's going to speak to, to the Jewish person who, you know, who has the Bible and, and would say, you know, I'm not perfect, but, you know, I don't really do all that stuff. So I'm not as bad as them. Yes, we are. Every single human being, all 8 billion people in the world has practiced these sins. Because of that, we're separated from God. We need a savior and we are not it. Only in Jesus Christ, only in receiving Jesus, can we avoid an eternity in hell separated from God the Father, God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you again for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you for Romans chapter 1. Father, we thank you for your mercy on our lives. We do ask you to have mercy on us, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask you to draw us unto Jesus. Help us to repent wherever we are today for whatever the sin is in our life. Have mercy on us, Jesus. We love you, we bless you, we thank you and praise you. We commit this time into your hands. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal it to our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.